Okay, good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem Aleph in Maseches Sukkah. And we start with the last line in Mem Amid Beis. Quranus is going to try to hang on with us until the Mishnah on uh, Mem Aleph Amid Aleph. But we start with the last line in Mem Amid Beis. Amaravah, Machlokas. What were we talking about? Mm-hmm. So, we were talking about Shemitah, actually. Okay. And the reason we were talking about Shemitah is because we did ask the fascinating question of whether uh, you can, how are you going to get Lulav and Esrug on a Shemitah year, which this year happens to be. Okay. We're going to hit a real beautiful Dafyomi coincidence again today. It's been going on since the beginning of Brachas. But you can say that for every dog. Okay. I don't know. Last cycle, today, I misspoke yesterday. Last cycle, the Mem Aleph was Purim Day. Uh, Mem was Tainus Esther. I don't know if he could have said it. Poor guys that learned last cycle. I don't know. What, I don't know. Andrew actually learned last cycle. I don't know what you were doing. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, I see what he's saying. He's saying if you're talented like Ravari Leibowitz, uh, the great family master, you could find a coincidence and everything. But here, they're hitting us over the head with it, Garanoi. So that's the point. Anyway, Amarava. Machlokas. Oh, so part of the halachas of Shemitah, interestingly enough, is we, we, we started to outline this yesterday. You have everything laying around, right? You're saying that everything is for everyone. It's very nice, very nice idea. And the Torah encourages you, go eat, go eat from your friend's field. It's all there for you for the taking. But we see there's some parameters. You have to actually consume it, right? You have to consume it. It has to be something that's shavalachal nefesh, so to speak, right? It has to be something that people, that everyone uh, could use. And... The fact that you have to consume it is important, and that's what Rava is going to bring up here. Because don't forget, you have the fruit, let's say, laying around. Or let's say you have grain, okay? So Andrew's got his big field, and he's, and he's obviously keeping Shemitah. He's not going to do the Heta Mechira. He's being supported by Shara Zion uh, to get him through the year. And, you, and then me and Barry, we go on a trip to go get some grain from Andrew's field. Right, we do a road trip. Now, if we eat from the field, right, if we're eating it and we're consuming it within a short amount of time, that's okay. But we're not going to start a business with it, Barry. You don't just take the wheat and start storing it. Or, for example, it, right, so you don't, you don't start create, saying, okay, we'll store it, then we'll have it for extra years, and then we'll buy a bigger silo, and then we'll start a business with it. That's not the point of Shemitah. The point is to consume it, okay? It's kind of like a hand-to-mouth approach, right? That you're supposed to sort of, everyone be, be sort of more chilled. You see what I'm saying? Are you uh, to, uh, to uh, put it in jars, you know, preserve it? So, I, in other words, if you're taking, if you're taking uh, strawberries and you want to make strawberry jam and you're going to eat it within the week, so I think that that's okay. Right. And put it in jars. I think oh, so. But, the, but, but like to make a business out of it, I, I'm, I'm making it more relatable by, by putting it in, in, uh, in those kinds of ter- pragmatic terms. But that becomes, that becomes actually uh, important here, right? Because we had just said at the end of Mimam Bays that when you are poda, right, when you transfer the Kedusha of Shemitah from one thing to the other, there was a machlokas for Meir and Chachamim. Because don't forget, the example we brought in the Brisa was that you have something that has Kedushas Shvius, you have fruit that has Kedushas Shvius, and then through a bartering system, you then start transferring the Kedushas Shvius onto meat, and then onto fish, 
and then onto yain. Okay, so when we said that you could transfer it onto meat, mischalan behem achayev ve'of. This is how we left off yesterday. So Reb Meir said you could transfer it onto either the animal and then shech the animal and use it as meat. And the Chachamim said you could only transfer it onto shechted meat. You can't transfer it onto the animal. Why? Gezerah shemi gadol mehem, right? Adarim. The gezerah is that if you transfer it onto a live animal, then you're going to start your live animal livestock business. You're going to start, you're going to keep it alive and you're going to start having, what, herds of animals with it because you'll be tempted to keep it. And what I'm explaining is what the problem is with that. The problem with that is that now you're no longer consuming it. Now you're actually trying to make, so to speak, a business out of it and, 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 uh, and, extend, and extend its value, okay? So that's the machlokas between Rameer and the Chachamim, right? Rameer says, it's okay, you could use Chaim, and the Chachamim say, no, it has to be butchered meat. Well, so, you're starving. Are you to- so eat it, so eat. So eat- nobody, oh, says, eat. Oh. nobody says don't eat. They're just saying, don't, uh, don't make a business out of it. So anyway, Amarava Machlokas, oh, so now we're going to... Right, so now we're saying like this. Now we're finally arriving Mem Aleph Amad Aleph. And Rava says that the Machlokas is by Zacharim. That this is only with regards to male livestock. That everybody, that both Rameyer and the Chachamim are very concerned that if you, what? If you, cha- if you put the Kedush of Shvius onto female livestock, the... Um, right, the temptation to turn them, them into business is going to be too great, right? The female livestock, you're getting, I don't know, you're getting the milk, and then they're also obviously having more children, and so they're turning into, into uh, herds. They're more valuable. They can be any, uh, one, one female livestock can really turn into a whole business, and so therefore both Rameer and the Chachamim would not allow you to consecrate that with Kedusha Shvius, because of the fact that you're going to use it as a business. Um, so, right, because that's, that's the gezerah, that you're going to turn it into business. So um, what comes out is that the machlokes between Meir and Chachamim was actually with regards to male livestock, whereas the Meir said, it's male's livestock, it's fine. Like, okay, you want the animal to be more fresh. Transfer it onto the animal. You're, you're not going to have this temptation of turning it into a business. And the Chachamim, even in that case, we're worried. We do not right transfer the kedusha shvius onto livestock when it's alive. Okay. So now back to the machlokas, Elazar and um, and Rabbi Yochanan. There was a case. How come it's not Rish Lakish? It's always Rabbi Yochanan. That's interesting. It's very often Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish. Here it happens to be Rabbi Elazar and Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was the big uh, Rosh Hashiva in Eretz Yisrael. But he had uh, a couple of Balplukta, but Reish Lakish was, uh, was Zorche to be, to be one of the big ones, that's true, but not here. So the issue is like this. There's a couple of ways that you can, what we call deconsecrate, right? Take the Kedusha off of something. Now, very important, Rashi had already pointed out yesterday, with, when it comes to Miser, you actually take the Kedusha off of the fruit um, or, and, and onto a coin. Okay. When it comes to Shvis, you never take, as we mentioned yesterday, the initial Kedusha off the fruit, but it's, we're talking about over here, when we talk about deconsecration, it's not literally because you're still consecrated, so to speak. The original fruit is still Kadosh, but we are talking about the ability to transfer Kedusha of Shvis from one fruit to the other. There's two ways to do it. 
One way is through mechira, the bartering method, and the other way is to, through the more classic um, uh, deconsecration method of saying, I am being poda it within the confines of your own home. And the question is, with what we call the first fruit over here or the second fruit, right, um, can, can we do the method? The point is, the more powerful a way of doing it is through bartering, and one could argue that the original fruit has less of a power to, uh, to, to move the Kedusha off of it. And so now we're going to see if we could shift this Machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Eliezer, around. Are they arguing? In other words, one of them said that you could do it through bartering or through, or through being Mechalel, through what we call through Mechir or Chilul. And the question is, was that Machlokas within the first fruit? Was that Machlokas within the second fruit? And now we will read it inside. So Amar Ravashi, Machlokas before Rishon. So again, he's saying that Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yochanan argue, Rabbi Lezer said that you could only do it with, uh, with Mechira. Rabbi Yochanan said that you could even do Chilul. So Ravashi says that's with the first fruit. But again, we explain that in regard to Kedusha, the original fruit, it really only means can you impart that Kedusha right, to the payment. The original fruit in this particular case, unlike with Meiser, in the case of Kedusha, of course the original fruit is going to maintain its Kedusha Shavias. But anyways... The machlokas of free rishon will it be able to be impart kedusha to the next fruit, right? Uh, only be mechira as Rabbi Yezer said, or uh, even with chil as Rabbi Yochanan said. So Ravashi said that machlokas was on the first fruit. Aval be free shein, he says Ravashi divrakol beiderch mekach beiderchilu. That by the second fruit already, right? Even Rabbi Yezer would agree that you could do it derechilu. Okay. Well, the brayso that we had just quoted seems to be to fly in the face of this. Why? Because the Katani Lakach Lakach, right? The the Brisa had already said that Lakach Lakach The example that we brought in the Brisa that nobody argued on was that everything was done via bartering, via purchasing. And that seems to indicate that even by the second and the third and the fourth fruit, it can only work by Mechira. So it seems like the Brisa would be like Rebel Yezer and by the second fruit. So the Gemara answers, no, I did the Tana Reisha Lakach, Tana Nami Lakach. In other words, you could say, the first time that you sell it off the original fruit, certainly it could only be done through Lakicha. And then once you already said Lakicha, so now we're just telling a story, right? So you say, right, at, uh, like Chad Gadya, right? And, and he sold it to this, and he sold it to that, and he sold it to that. So we're, we're telling it as a stylistic thing, not to make any halachic commentary on whether Lakicha or Chilu would work by the second fruit. Okay. So now we ask, So that was Ravashi's proof. Ravashi is saying, Ravina is going to say, Ravina and Ravashi, you're happy with this? They, they, they argue often enough, Goranowitz. So he says, So we had a following Bryce that seems to indicate that maybe by the first fruit is not the Mechlokas. Because it says, if you have a coin and it has the Kedusha of Shemitah, Okay. So you took Kedusha Shemitah, you transferred it onto money. Can you go buy clothes with it? Can you go to Lululemon, Andrew? Andrew can't wait to go to Lululemon. That, that? That's, that's where he gets all his stylish clothes. So anyways, so he wants to buy clothes. <laughs> no, it's a different thing. <laughs> but you know, it's not a good idea having a mirror where you can do a yeah. word with somebody. That's true. You can see how you look when you're learning. I, 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 don't, know if that, I don't know if that's a good idea. Okay, not, not at 5.45 in the morning especially. So you're looking, no, no, it's the best time to learn, but I'm talking about the mirror. Okay. Rashi says, what's wrong with buying clothes, with, with the coins? Rashi's explaining. 
Eino yachol, the Torah mal achla betochazman, velolis chorazim, vizemit kayim, lishana haba. Right? I, I wasn't kidding when I said, don't make a business out of it. Lolis chora. In other words, Rashi's explaining, buying clothes, clothes is a good example of something that lasts past the year, you should hope, right? And therefore, you shouldn't be using something to buy clothing. Uh-huh. So, but Andrew can't be stopped when it's shopping, when what's going to happen Black Friday, when it's this year, and it's Shemitah. Andrew, you think he's going to not go to Lululemon? Get out of here. He, but he's going to have his money, and it's filled with Kedusha, so he's going to do the following shtick. Ketzad Yase, what they call in Israel a kombina. Yelech etzel chenvani haragil. A shtick. Yelech etzel chenvani haragil etzlo. He's going to go to his usual Lululemon salesman, which is a, a clothing clothier, and he's going to do the following thing. But omalo, tenli besela peros. So Andrew's going to say it like this. Um, give me, here's my Kedusha coin. He says, I'm going to be poda it now on fruit. Give me a seller's worth of fruit. Here's the seller. Okay. So the storekeeper gives him the fruit. Good. Then Andrew gives the store owner the fruit as a gift. He says, you know what? Thank you for the fruit. Here's the fruit basket. As a, uh, I'm giving him all back as a, in a fruit basket format as a token of my appreciation. Then, what happens is the Chanvani eats the fruit, right? That's where the Kedusha ends, right? In other words, the Kedusha, and the, the Kedusha Shvius of Andrew's coin got transferred onto the fruit, b'mechira, okay? Now, Andrew gives back those holy fruit to the Chanvani, and he's allowed to eat it, right? Because don't forget, fruit of Shvius, it's a mitzvah to eat, right? So he's allowed to eat it. Now, the Kedusha's gone. What happens then? Now, because as a token of appreciation to Andrew's fruit basket token of appreciation, the store owner gives him back the money. Now, this is money is clean, right? It has no Kedusha on it. The Kedusha went, with, went away with the fruit. This is what's called Kedusha Shvius money laundering. Literally. You now took Andrew's money and got the Kedusha Shvius off of it onto the fruit and ate the fruit. Kedusha Shvius money laundering. Now Andrew's got non-Kaddish uh, money. And he can use it as he wishes. He could buy things for Schaira. He could put it in the stock market. He could buy his fancy, uh, fancy jackets and all the things. The, the, um, what are the uh, Sasani uh, sneaks. All those things. Okay. So, so it's like big business here. This is, this, this is like a money laundering shtick. But here's the point. Says Ravina. Now, here clearly it's a case where you're talking about pre-sheni, right, by definition, because it went back and forth a bunch of times. And how did Andrew get rid of it? He didn't do it, right, instead of doing it in the privacy of his own home and just doing a chilol onto a fruit or a coin, he actually had to go through this shtick with the store owner, which is mashma that even by pre-shani, which is Ravina's point, the, there's a machlokas that where Rabbi Yezer would hold that only through mechira can this shtick be performed. So that Ravashi actually concedes, and therefore he has to revise what he said. They're trying to figure out whether this detailed machlokas about whether the Kedusha can be done only by mechira or with chilol 
uh, applies to the very first fruit or even to the second fruit. Because by the second fruit, it supposedly should be easier. Maybe you could do it also by Chilil. Anyway, El Amar Vashi, Machlokas Prishani, Aval Befri, Rishon, Divri, Akol, Derech, Mekach, In, Derech, Chilil, Lo. So, Ravashi, look at this. He conceded to Ravina. Isn't that cool? They brought the case of the money laundering. And that actually uh, impressed Ravashi so much that he said the Machlokas is, in fact, by the Prishani. And by the pre-Rishon, everybody would agree that it has to be done there. Chilo. Ravashi was like the, the, the king. He, he was like the Bible. king. He was like the chief editor of the of the Gemara. Uh, just like Reb, um, simil, in a similar vein, Rav Chaim Zavmelunetzal was the key editor of the Arts Bo Anyway, echad sheni. Wait a minute. It sounds like that this was also re- with regards to Maiser Sheni. Well, that, that seems to be a problem because we know that by Meiser Shani, you certainly could do it through Chilul. So why would that, so, so, so why would that, uh, imply that it would also be true to Meiser Shani? So there we say, because my Shvius to me what is meant by Shvius? It means not the original Shvius, but the Shemitah money. Okay. So, so that's what it means. It doesn't mean that Shvius and Meiser Shani Right? In other words, Ravashi is asking a question on his own self. Once you say, right, that it, that you would need, um, the may machira for the first fruit, but, but, and then the machlokas by the second fruit, the question is, why would we imply that Shavias and Maishashani are the same? In other words, once you say that everybody agrees that the first fruits have to do, have, need machira, so now we have a real distinction between Shavias and Maishashani. Because by Maishashani, even the first fruit, everybody would agree that it can be done with Chilul. And now we have a fundamental difference. First fruit, everyone agrees, has to, can be done with chil by Maiser Shani. And first fruit, everybody agrees, according to both Ravina and Ravashi, that you cannot do chil, but rather you must do mechira for the first fruit. So therefore, what is the comparison to Shvius and Maiser Shani? We had in a brisa quoted above some uh, right reference to equality between Shemitah and Maiser Shani. And yet we see that they are different. So the answer is no. When it says Shvius, it doesn't mean actual first fruit of Shvius, but rather Demei Shvius, which would be the second fruit of Shvius. And in that sense, the Demei Shvius and the, the Maiser Shani are in fact the same. Because as the Gemara concludes here to say, the Ilalotai Mahachi, because if you're not going to say that, Maiser, Maiser, Mamish, in other words, it can't be that Meiser is like Shemitah exactly, Meiser Mamish, because, after all, Meiser Shani produce has the Pasuk that tells you that you sure can be Mechalal in your hand. You can, you can use money to redeem all actual Meiser Shani produce right on the spot. That's what we call Chilil. Elod Mei Meiser. No, it's talking about the deconsecration, so to speak, of Meiser money, and Hachinami Demetrius. So certainly Demetrius Meiser is okay with the, the first fruit, but here also it's referring to the money of Shemitah, not the first fruit of Shemitah itself. So oh, fascinating oh. discussion as we lead into the year of Shemitah. Yes, Quran. So, so, so in Israel, they yeah. do a little stick to... God. 100%. I couldn't believe it. I'm living in Israel... And Rabbi Lerner, my neighbor, knocks on my door and he offers me to join this, uh, this crew of people who are part of the Meiser uh, Society and everybody consecrates their Meiser onto a coin and anytime you take off Meiser, you say a Nusach. It's a whole thing. Mitzvah hatzluyas ba'art, maybe we to keep all of them soon. Okay. It's coming up. It's coming up. You, you can find a lot of shirim now about Shemitah. Rabbi Marwick speaks about it in Minchamarv every day. Yeah, well, it's coming up. Okay. Wow. He does halacha between Minchamarv. Okay, Mishnah. 
Mishnah, back to Sukkot. Says the Mishnah, Do you have to keep Shemit? Yeah, you have to keep Shemit. Now, it's a Tluya Ba'aretz. It, depend, it, it depends on where the uh, fruit originated. The bigger problem would be is if you're in Baltimore and you're bringing Shemitah produce to Baltimore. Well, I, that's I, a bigger problem. Depends where the fruit originated. Okay, ready? Oh, yeah. You have to keep the halachas of Shemitah. You can't just use it uh, as Chayra. Okay, so you ready? You ready for, to get back into Sukkot here? Listen to this one. You're going to love this. Let me ask you a question, Goranowitz. How many days do you shake lulav? One day or seven days? Seven days. Seven days? Okay, well, let me read you the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, you should take for yourself on the first day, basically, and then it describes the Dalad Minim, as we discussed. So take Dalad Minim on the first day and rejoice before Hashem for seven days. So which is it? First day or seven days? So we have a halacha. They're supposed to take, right? This is Vayikra, Chaf, Gimel, Mem. Right? So we have an idea. Barishayna, says the Mishnah. Now I'll read it inside. Hayalulav nita b'mikdash shiva v'medina yom echad. Why would that be? That it used to be that in the base of Mikdash they would take it seven days, like Gorano had said. And in the actual Medina, which is a question of what that means, does it mean Yerushalayim? Out of the base of Mikdash? Does it mean outside of Yerushalayim? Does it mean in Chutzlaretz? But let's, for the argument's sake, say in Israel, uh, by the base of Mikdash versus everywhere else, they, by the base of Mikdash they took seven days, and then outside they took it only one day. Now you understand why. Why? Because is for everyone. Where is their simcha seven days? Only by the base of Mikdash. And so the halacha used to be one day everywhere else, because that's halacha, bayom harishon, it says it in the Chumash, right? But smachtem, if you're happy and you know it, then you take the lulav all seven days, but that can only be, right, by the base hamikdash. And so there used to be this distinction. Yeah, so that's why you're learning. So, 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 so why are you taking seven days now? So listen to the hamshech of the, of the Mishnah. So it says the Mishnah, mishachar beis hamikdash, however, when the second Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, and once it was Gullus, his kin, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, the famous Takanas of Yochanan ben Zakkai, we're going to say two Takanas, one of them is going to relate to us, one of them is going to be a little bit different. Why these two Takanas is a separate discussion, um, but be that as it may, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai made the following two Takanas. The first one was, Sheilulav nita b'medina shiva zecher lemikdash. The reason why, Gerano, as you said, that you take a lulav, the reason why we take the lulav for seven days today is a zecher mikdash to remember the Beis HaMikdash and that there was once a time where the lulav was taken in the Beis HaMikdash seven days. Now everybody is remembering the Beis HaMikdash may be rebuilt soon, right? Everybody's remembering it by taking the lulav seven days. What's the second gezerah of, of Yochanan Mizakai? Yesheyeh yom henef kula aser. What's going on here? Chadash, oimer. You're supposed to not eat any new grain for that year until you've brought the Korban Omer. The Korban Omer was brought on the second day of Pesach, 16th of Nisan, okay? What's this Chodesh? My friend uh, says he can't eat it. Because uh, so that's what Chodesh is. This is exactly what I'm explaining. So the 16th day of Nisan, there was a Korban when the Beis HaMikdash stood. It was called the Korban Omer. Until the Korban Omer of barley was brought, you're not allowed to eat any new grain. That says it in the Torah. The problem is, we don't have a base of Mikdash, so the Korban Omer isn't brought. So what was the Gezerah? 
that the entire day of the 16th. Typically speaking, the Kohanim were very, very zealous and they would get up with alacrity and enthusiasm and the Korban Omer by noontime was done. So even if, this is what the Mishnah is, this is what, the, this is what we learned, that even if you lived in, right, Silver Spring, you knew already by, the, by noontime in your Shalim you could start eating Chadash because the Korban Omer must have already been brought. That was when the Beis HaMikdash was extant, when it was standing. However, once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Yochanan B'Zakai said, you cannot eat the Korban Omer all day on the entire 16th, and we're going to see why soon. But first, let's ask in the Gemara, Minalan Davdinan Mikdash. How do we know this whole concept of Zechel Mikdash? This is, I don't know this true answer to why wouldn't you do Zechel Mikdash. I think it might mean, listen, the base of Mikdash was destroyed. Why are you reminding us of those glory days? You're pouring salt on the wound. That could be what it means. No, it makes you closer. Ah, so that's the answer. Very nice, Gemara. Rabbi Yochanan had a similar answer. For the Pasuk says, Ki ale aruchalach, I'm going to cure you and I'm going to heal you, right? This is a Pasuk in Yirmiyo where he's saying, don't worry, there will be days of salvation. Because the nations of the world uh, belittled you because you were cast away in Tagalos as we have been. And they're going to say, Tzion hi Doresh Einla. Look at Tzion. Tzion is fallow. Nobody cares. Nobody's even looking for her. Wow. Wow. All coming off of the three weeks, we certainly can understand. This is the Musar of Yirmiyo saying, look, look at Sion. It's been forsaken. Says the Gemara, Dorish Einla, Miklal Devaya Drisha. What a beautiful Musar, what a beautiful Goranowitz Musar moment. That from the fact that Yirmiyo says that Sion he Dorish Einla and you've been cast away, that's a negative thing. It's not supposed to be that way. People aren't supposed to just live and say, we're living in the Yerushalayim of Gullus. We're doing great, right? This is the best. We're, we found the Holy Grail over here in Galus. Chas v'shalom. Tzion is something you should always be looking towards Yerushalayim, looking towards Tzion, looking towards Eretz Israel. And therefore, because you're always supposed to do that, Miklal Debayid Risha, that shows that it's negative not to do that, and you should look. So it's exactly what you said in essence, Goranowitz, that you're supposed to not disregard everything that we had in the base of Mikdash and forget about it, but rather remind us in order so we could feel closer, in order so we could still pine and yearn for the days of the base of Mikdash to be rebuilt, may be rebuilt soon. Okay, so now this brings us amazingly to the Korban Omer. Says the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, yom so my time. What's the reason for this halacha that you can't bring, you're not going to believe this, that you can't bring the entire 16th of Nisan, you can't eat Chadash, as follows. Mehera yibane beis Mikdash. May this be the most exquisite daf yomi coincidence we've had yet. It may be built today. Mehera, you want to say, this is, you have to mention Rav Machlis. In Eretz Yisrael, a lot of people have their uh, Rav Machlis Shilita. Everyone has their Zerchil Churban, like the piece of the wall that they don't paint. So Rav Machlis next to it has a can of paint and a paintbrush. For the second Mashiach comes, he's going to go and he's going to paint it up. So you wait... He's going to paint up the Zechel Lechorban because it's not going to be a Zechel Lechorban. By the way, Zechel Lechorban and Zechel Mikdash may be two different things. That's a lumdus not for now. But the point is, listen to this. The base of Mikdash is going to be rebuilt. Oh, what's going to happen? Says the Gemara. Ah, like this. 
Every year that the Beis HaMikdash stood, they used to be able to, by noontime already, eat the Chadash because the Korban Omer would have been brought. Oh. So if you allowed that, so then what's going to happen? The year that the Beis HaMikdash is built, it might be built on the 16th. And when it's built on the 16th, you're going to say, well, every year we were allowed to eat already the Korban. In other words, on the 16th, if you allowed to eat right away, at sunrise of the 16th, you say, oh, now it's sunrise of the 16th, I can eat chadash, beautiful. If I allowed that, I, what if the base of Mikdash is built that day? And then we're going to bring the Korban Omer. So it'll turn out retroactively that you ate the chadash before the Korban Omer was brought. So because of the possibility that the base of Mikdash is going to be built on the 16th, he said, everybody should just wait. Don't start eating on the 16th and assume the base of Mikdash won't be built that day. Because it can be built at any moment. And therefore, you should wait till the end of that entire day, the 16th. If it's not built on the 16th, then already for sure on the 17th, you could eat it. But wait on the entire day of the 16th because of this feeling that the base of Mikdash, that should be within us, that the base of Mikdash could be built, rebuilt at any moment. Incredible halacha of, right, not eating the entire 16th in anticipation of the rebuilding of the base of Mikdash. May it happen soon. Whew. So that's what you're going to say. You're going to say, last year, we ate it in the morning. Today, we should also eat the Yashan in the morning at the 16th. And you're going to get confused, right? You're not going to realize that the reason why you were able to eat it in the morning last year, because last year there wasn't a base of Mikdash. And the day where the base of Mikdash, when there was no base of Mikdash, then technically you could eat it on the morning at the 16th. However, but now, the, the base of Mikdash is going to be rebuilt. And once it's rebuilt, right, it's not the, not, uh, Neitzachama or whatever, that, that's not, it's not daybreak that's Matir, but rather it's the Omer. Okay. So the Gemara says, now, right, right, Rashi is explaining that if the base of Mikdash is rebuilt on the 16th, he goes through the process of the Korban Omer. It takes some time. You have to get ready. It's not like you could build the base of Mikdash to bring the Korban Omer within five minutes takes a little bit of preparation, and therefore that is the preparation that we have to wait for um, when it is built on the 16th. He says, Miyavshinoto, right, right, you have to squeeze it out, you have to grind it, take some time. Okay. So now let's let's analyze this. The Ibane Amos, when are you building this base on Mikdash on the 16th? If you're telling me that you're building it on the actual 16th, don't worry, don't, don't forget. You woke up on the 16th and it wasn't built yet on the 16th morning. So guess what? If the base of Mikdash was not yet built, then halachically you're already allowed to eat the Chadash. So that's not a problem. So why would you make a gazir that you can't eat it all day? Okay. Um, so, no, we must be talking about when it was built on the 15th. And what's going on? So if it was built on the 15th, that's why Rabbi Yochanan Mizakai is saying that the entire 16th, you should not, um, the entire 16th, you should not eat it. However, the question is, if it's already built on the 15th of Nisan, so then, even though it takes some time to bring the Korban Omer, we have to be, assume that the Kohanim will get their act together and they, in fact, will be able to bring the Korban Omer Bismano on the 16th. So if you have that much forewarning that the base of Mikdash is built on the 15th, so then you should be allowed to eat the 
Chadash already Why would Rabbi Yochanan Asa the entire day of the 16th? That's the question. The Gemara, the, why do we know that it would be mutter? The Hatznan, because we learned in Mishnah Menachos, Harachokim Mutarin Mechatzosa Yom Halan. What we had said before, that when the base of Mikdash is rebuilt, everybody from Baltimore all the way out to Silver Spring and Rockville will be able to eat already starting Chatzos in Yerushalayim because they're going to know that the Kohanim are going to get a move on and they're always going to hustle and get the Korban Omer for sure done by then. So so certainly if the base of English was already built the day before, we have to assume they're going to be super excited for their opportunity, right, to bring the Korban Omer and therefore why would the... So, if it's built on the 16th, you can eat it in the morning. If it's built on the 15th, you can eat it after Chatzos. So what is this Gezerah that you cannot eat the entire day of the 16th? That's the question of the Gemara. Right? Because as the Gemara points out, based in Atzlinbo. The Ghanim were no slouches. They were Zrizim. And therefore, they were certainly going to bring the Korban Omer on the 16th by Chatzos if it had been built on the 15th. Yeah, there, there are there are koilim in Yerushalayim of Kohanim studying, getting ready. Sure, yeah. So it says the Gemara. Lot tzricha. Yeah, uh, shout out to Mo Bert. Anyway, the resident Kohen based field. Lot tzricha di bana belele. So the Gemara answers no. It's necessary to prohibit the entire day of the sixteenth, as Yochanan Mizakai did, because what if it's built fifteenth at night, or inami samach lishkias achama. In other words. The night of the 15th, which is really the night of the 16th, right? After the 15th is over, or as the 15th is ending, point being, Besam Mikdash is still under, so to speak, construction, as it were, and there's not enough time. In other words, if it was built by 15th of the day, so certainly they'd get their act together and bring the armor by the next day. But if it was built overnight, as it were, so that maybe they don't have enough time to build it, and so the gazera of not eating it the whole day on the 16th is if it's built overnight on the 15th. Now, Rosh, both Rashi and Tosos point out, first of all, we have a tradition that Beis HaMikdash isn't built on Yontiv. We also have a be- tradition that Beis HaMikdash isn't built at night. So how is this possibility of the 15th, which, by the way, is Pesach? Uh, so either, Shki- either before Shkia would be Yontiv, after Shkia it's night. So how are you even doing this possibility? So Tosos answers... Um, this, that's, this is a couple of answers. That that's basically um, building it at night or on Yontif, that's for Bnei Adam. But a Kodesh Baruch Hu can certainly plop down the base and make this whenever he wants. More or less. Okay. The prefab. There's a machlokis whether the base of Mikdash is going to come down prefab or whether we're going to have to build it. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I heard that story. I can't believe it. That's yeah. going to come down from the sky. Right. Okay. But a beautiful idea of Either way, for that possibility, that that's why. But again, it's literally of machlus with the paint can. The reason why we're not eating chadash uh, um, the entire day of the sixteenth is because the base of mikdash can be plopped down at any moment, may be rebuilt very uh, right right away. Okay. Similarly, uh, in other another way to understand Rabbi Yochanan Menzakai is a totally different direction. The Rabbi Yehuda goes. Amar Nachman by Yitzchak. Amar Rabbi Yochanan Menzakai b'shitas Rabbi Yehuda Amra. Nachman Yitzchak is suggesting that this is Shita Rabbi Yehuda. The Amran min Hatorah Huda Aser. Totally different thing. Not not a base of Mikdash thing per se, but the Torah itself says that you shouldn't eat Yash on the entire day of, uh, of the sixteenth. Chadash, rather, the entire day of the sixteenth. Dichsev, as we turn to Mimal from Beis, Ad Etzem Hayomazet. It's a pasuk. Ad Itzumu Shal Yom. The pasuk itself says that the entire day you shouldn't eat Chadash. 
The kasavar ad ad bichlal and Behuda happens to hold. Right when you say ad etzem ayomazet, sounds like you can only eat you 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 have to eat yashan until the sixteenth, and then that whole. So there's two ways to understand it. Either you could say that this once the sixteenth hits, you could already eat chadash, or you could say ad etzem ayomazet. As Rabbi Yehuda does is ad ve ad bichlal, which means inclusive of the entire sixteenth, and therefore it's a deo raisa reason. Totally not having to do with the base of Mikdash, so to speak, that you cannot eat, right, Chadash the entire day of the 16th. To which the Gemara says, Wait a minute. You're telling me that Rabbi Yochum Mazakai said that you can't eat on the 16th because he holds like Rabbi Huda that it's the Raisa? We just said that he made a Gezerah, a Takana. If he held that it was the Raisa, you wouldn't have to make a Takana, says the Gemara. He clearly argues with him, Titania, right? The, the Girsas here change it to Tznan because it's actually a Mishnah and Menachos. Mishachar of Beis Hamikdash, Hitkin, Rabbi Yochanan Mizakashi, and Hayom Heinev Kulahasar. What we said that when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, he made it a Takana that the whole day should be Asar. Amalav Rabbi Yehuda Valominatoru Asar. They had an actual right. Uh, they had a machlokus in, 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 in full view of everyone about whether this was Der Rais or Der Banan. So the Shitas Rabbi Yehuda, who was his Bar Pelukta, Rabbi Yochanan. Ben Zakai, so to speak. Even though they weren't the same generation, it was the, the, the whole idea of whether it's Darbanan or Daraisa. So the Gemara says, no, Rabbi Yehuda, who the Katai. In other words, Rabbi Yehuda is mistaken to Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai meant. Who suffer midarabanan ka'amar, velohi midaraisa ka'amar. Rabbi Yehuda thought that when Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakai is making the Takana, he says, I, that I'm making this Takana, he thought that that meant that it's Darbanan. But no. Rabbi Yochanan Bidzaka, in fact, was in fact, again, this is all of Nachman Bar Yitzchak's understanding of Rabbi Yochanan. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Rabbi Yochanan Bidzaka, his understanding is that when he says Takana, he doesn't really mean that it's Mutter Midor Raisa, and he's making the Takana Midor Banan, uh, right, brand new, but rather, he's gonna say, no, that he is reinstituting, uh, you know, we're old enough to remember, like when America was a very ignorant place when you were growing up in Laurelton, Goranowitz. And there were, there'd be guys, there's names, people who showed, who showed up in the community and say, you know that there's a thing called mikvah. You know there's a thing called shatnes. You know that there's a thing called, you know, and everybody would, like never heard of it before. They would think they're crazy. Shatnes? Yeah, shatnes, are you making this up? Because that, that doesn't sound familiar. And so they reintroduced Torah, right? To the people. And so that's what Yochanan Mizakai was doing. He took a Raisa and he was telling them there's something called Yashan. There's still people who don't know that there's something called Yashan. And so he told them, listen, this is a Raisa. That's what the Takana means. As the Gemara says, Hitkin Kamar. It says that he made a Takana. Gemara answers, my Hitkin, Darash for Hitkin. Meaning, he took a Raisa and he introduced it to the people and made it, so to speak, uh, a thing, right? So the people knew, all right. So now we're on the Mishnah, on Amalfam Bez, and the Mishnah says like this. Let's talk about, can you bring Lulav and Esrog on Shabbos? Says the Gemara, Yom Tov Arishon Shilchag, let's say if the first day of Sukkot, which is Doraish, according to everybody, falls out on Shabbos. Shechal Yos B'Shabbos. So what are you going to do? So the, Gemara, the Mishnah here assumes you're going to bring the Lulav on Shabbos. Let's leave the Halacha out of it for now. We'll get more into it tomorrow. But, what do you do? Kol Am, Malichin, the Gemara for today is going to discuss a different detail not, not having to do with the Everyone should bring their lulavim, the lulavim set to shul Erev Shabbos. The next day you come early to shul. Don't come late. Why? 
Because you're going to end up getting the wrong lulav and esrog. You don't want to do that. And you want to have time to, to get yours. Call echad ve'echad makir shalov and notlo. You can recognize your special lulav and esrog and take it. Why? Because the Chavim said, If Barry ends up with Andrew's Lulav, aside from rekindling the already substantial beef between them, it will also not be Yotze with the Lulav and Esrog because he needs to have his own. So, So it's true that if it was the rest of Yantiv, that would be one thing, because you could be Yotzeh, because it says, Lukachtem lachem, what? Bayom Arishon. But if the first day of Yantiv comes out on Shabbos, you better make sure that you come early to Shul and make sure that the one that you left was the one that you're using, the one that is in fact yours. Then the mission continues to say, Rabbi Yossi, Yom Yom Tov Arishon, Shachag, Shachal Yos What happens? V'shachach v'hotzi, it's a lulav l'shusarabim. Let's say you didn't bring in an air of Shabbos. He forgot totally about the whole thing. And you walk into shul on Shabbos with your lulav and esrog proudly in Rishus Harabim. Now that's the problem. The problem is there is no real malacha. There's no real issue with carrying dal minim. That, that's okay. The issue is carrying, right? The issue is tiltal b'Shabbos as we discussed in Shabbos at length. So, however, amazingly, the Chachamim said here he's putter. He's not going to have to bring a carbon chatas. Because he carried out this lulav and esrog, birshus, rashi, birshus, birshus mitzvah shayatari b'mitzvah, beautiful idea. He was so caught up in the mitzvah of lulav that he forgot what was going on. He lost himself. Forgot there was Shabbos. So typically when you have something that's an iser, malacha, del raisa, you're going to have to bring a carbon chatas when you did a b'shogig. But Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah holds that Ta'bidvar mitzvah vishogag bidvar karis potter mekorban. The special dispensation that if what is causing you to be forgetful is your enthusiasm for mitzvahs, then it's a Gurano, it's Musr moment. And Chazal love that. They love that. So if you're doing something out of pure love for the mitzvah, then it's not, it's, it, then Hashem actually loves that, and, so to speak. And therefore, you're not going to have, there's, there's no shame in that. Okay. So would this be true of Shofar? Are we going to compare the Isser Hatzah of Shofar to the Isser Hatzah of Lulav? Wow, Andrew. Well, Lulav is the rest. Well, Shofar? Yeah, but this walking over to Shul is not the Lakicha. You, you, you hit on a Lumdus landmine that we're Bezrat Hashem going to... And I recommend that you come to Shul to, to Daf tomorrow. You know, don't do one of your... Uh, Disappearing jobs tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be a big day. We're going to hopefully address that issue. But Andrew is saying we should tomorrow discuss coming attractions, difference between lulav and shofar with regards to the hatzah and Shabbos. But Andrew, I'm going to I'm going to finish you off today with the um, with the lambdas of matana amanas lahachzir. Just the issue of it being yours for now, and then we'll we'll hold off your question till tomorrow. So the Gemara, not immediately. How do we know that you need to have your own lulav on Shabbos? The Tanar Banan Ukachtem The pasuk Ukachtem means that everybody has to have their own, right? Everybody individually makes the mitzvah because it's in the plural. And then it says lachem, lachem. Therefore, afterwards says misha lachem. It has to be yours. Lahotzis a shalv is a gazel, as we said from the very beginning, that you can't borrow and you can't steal. Right? It has to be your lulav. Can't even borrow it. However, if he gave it to you as a gift, the schuyos of a gift are different than the schuyos of even borrowing. Right? If it's a gift, then it's yours. Oh.
And that you could use. And we have a story to illustrate that. If they hadn't gone on these trips, we would, there's so many Hilchas Ervin and Shabbos and Maestras that we wouldn't have learned. Those famous uh, group of, of, the, of Chazal that went on a boat. What are they doing on a boat on the first day of Sukkot? It's a whole discussion. Anyway, they're on the boat. Now it's the first day of Sukkot. How many Lulavim did they have between them? One. Rabbi Gamliel was the wealthiest of them all. He had the lulav, shalakhu be'elav zuz. Mind you, it was a thousand dollar lulav, more. Elav zuz is way more than a thousand dollars. Natalah Rabbi Gamliel v'yatzebo. So, Rabbi Gamliel, it was his lulav. He did the mitzvah lulav first, and he was yatze. Then, when son of Lord Bishur matana, he gave it to Bishur as a gift. Natalah Lord Bishur v'yatzebo. So, Bishur did uh, the mitzvah, and he was yatze, because it was a gift. When the son of Lord Belazab and Azariah, you see where this is going. They're doing round. Right? They're going around with it. And the son of Rabbi Lazar and Azariah Matana, and told Rabbi Lazar and Azariah Yatsabo, and then the son of Matana Lurbi Kiva, and told Rabbi Kiva Yatsabo, Lurbi Kiva was Yatsay, but then Then he returned it to Rabban Gamliel. So it went all the way around back to Rabban Gamliel. Boom. Gemara asks, Lamali Why'd you add that last part that he returned it to Rabban Gamliel? Like, no parts in the Mishnah, as Rashi points out, a Gerano, it's Muslim moment. Every word of the Mishnah is precious and, and deliberate, and therefore, why did the Mishnah have to mention that he returned it to Rabban Gamliel? So you could say, right, this is teaching you that this is how the way of the world. Matana al-Manas l'hachzir shma matana. Woo! That what? Now, matana al-Manas l'hachzir, it was shma matana. Now, Tosos here points out, Wait, this was out Tznai that you give it back to me? Doesn't Tznai usually need Tznai Kaful and Hikdim Tznai Lamaisa? Yeah, okay. Let's assume the Chazal were aware of that and they did it in, the, in all, right? Rochol Prater Vidigdukea, they did the proper Tznai. The point is, when you do it on Matana, Manas Tachzir, it's a Matana. Kiada Marava, Hey Lach, Esrog Zeal, Manasha Tachzireuli. Right, this is famous, right? We know about this. I'm giving you this Esrog on condition that you return it to me. Natala Biyatsabo, Hikzir Yatsa, Lo Hikzir Lo Yatsa. That's nigh works. Wow. The guy could take it. It's a conditional gift. Conditional gift sounds a lot like lending, right? Can you be Makadish and Isha with this Matanal Manasir? No. Can you be Makvish? No. So in other words, certain rights you don't have to it, because you have to return it. But certain rights you do just enough to make it considered more yours than borrowing. Even though it sounds like borrowing, it's not exactly, it's semantics. And the matana becomes significant enough that you can actually be yotze with it. Amazing lumbus here. Says the Gemara, Why are we saying that it costs uh, like $100,000? Right, once we're saying all the details are important, so this thousand zuz is important to teach you how much they love the mitzvahs, he was, able to, he was willing to sell the farm to have this, right, to have this lulav. To which, we showed other ways that the, that Chazal loved the mitzvah so much that they would carry it around with them wherever they would go. So we'll start tomorrow with Meisve. Um, this Meisve is right around the last, um, lines over here, the last skinny lines, and we will continue with that tomorrow. Bezat Hashem.